0: Listeners to Milky Way Radio, your one-stop shop for fact-based, unbiased news. I'm glad to be back on the air, and I hope you're glad to be here as well. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the news for today. First up on the agenda, I'm going to start this segment by asking you a question. How would you feel if, hypothetically, I proposed the idea of selling all your worldly belongings, abandoning the world of modern technology, buying a plot of land out in the Martian wilderness, and living the rest of your life off the land, free of the trappings of modern life. Seems like quite a radical lifestyle change, but it's one that has proven strangely captivating for many Mars natives. Back on the human capital, a small but quickly growing movement is taking the planet by storm. The Simple Life Movement, a call for a more primitive and nature-based lifestyle that yearns for the days of old, where one is not burdened by the complex issues of our modern society, and we are free to return to our roots as hunter-gatherers and farmers. The movement has just begun to enter the public eye a few weeks ago, but it first began two years ago with one man. You might remember him as former tech billionaire Jacob Foster, founder and former CEO of Aprico Software. After his meteoric rise to the top, he shocked the world when he resigned from his position and announced he was purchasing 10,000 acres of Martian wilderness and going to live in the woods. When asked about his profound choice, he released a lengthy public statement, about 18 pages, For the sake of brevity I'll just be going over the main points. Essentially prior to this he had suffered quite a bit in his personal life from stress related to his job, a debilitating drug addiction, and marital issues. Suffice to say he felt very unhappy with where he was in life despite his successful career as a businessman and through the course of his 18 page statement he traced the root of all of his problems down to our technological dependence as well as our materialistic consumer based society. He argues that our modern society, in its current state, is detrimental to our well-being and is the root cause of our unhappiness. Following this thread of logic, he concludes that the only way to overcome this is the abandonment of society altogether for a more primitive lifestyle closer to what humans had evolved for physically and psychologically. It was largely speculated that he would either return to society after encountering the harsh realities of the wild world or die. Being the son of a CFO of a successful Palladium Mining Corporation and software developer for most of his life, he didn't exactly seem well prepared to survive out in the wild, but to the shock of many, he not only survived, but thrived. When a team of reporters went to go check on him, they found he had built a respectable cabin and was doing quite well for himself. Over the course of the next few years, his words began to resonate with many who felt the same way that he did and began following suit. As the months passed, Jacob Foster had unintentionally created his own Simple Life commune. Starting off with just a handful of members, it quickly grew to a group of over 200 people and they established a small community they named Allenport. After the rapid growth of his own community, he officially declared half of his preserve available to others who wished to create their own communities. Some people began arriving in droves to establish their own communes or pooling together resources to buy their own little slice of paradise. As of the time of this broadcast, the Foster Preserve boasts a population of 7,000 people, with thousands of other people forming their own communities. The movement began gaining traction in the news when various tech-related businesses on Mars began to take a hit from employee losses. Like Jacob Foster, most of the movement is composed of people within the software industry, and a few Mars-based industry titans felt the loss quite heavily. It is estimated that companies like Aprico Software and Eclipse Systems lost out on several hundreds of millions of dollars as thousands of employees began leaving in droves. Aprico stocks dropped 28% in the last 6 months as a result. So listeners, how do you feel about the Simple Life movement? Could you see yourself living out in the wild without the comforts of modern life? Going back to an older way of living and being closer to nature seems like a pretty neat idea, but I don't think it's the right lifestyle for me. I would totally go out for a temporary retreat, that would be nice, but certainly not for a lifetime. I enjoy my modern commodities, like indoor plumbing. I also enjoy broadcasting the show, so I think for the time being, I'll stay right where I am. Moving on to our next story, in an absolutely tragic turn of events, legendary Eindar musician Krunt Zadara has been assassinated following his final performance at the Maibos Arena on Chion 88. He was killed just after the end of his performance as he was making his way off stage. He was fatally shot in the abdomen three times with a kinetic rifle and died of hemolymph loss before a medical emergency services arrived at the scene. The assassin is currently at large and the authorities of China A 88 have no suspects at this time. The motive of the assassin is not currently known according to the lead detective on the case although it is largely speculated that it may be related to Kranzadara's advocating for peace between the confederacy and the dominion as he was killed just a week after his official statement where he announced his stance on the tensions between both superpowers. It is truly tragic that such a wonderful and influential figure was taken from us so soon. Kranzadara was widely known for his musical talent but also for his altruistic nature, donating a large majority of his earnings to various charities and founding his own charity organization, which was dedicated to bringing necessary supplies such as food and medicine to the citizens of impoverished worlds. As word spread across the galaxy of his death, many memorial events have taken place in every civilized corner of the galaxy, from the confederate capital of Coria to the outskirts of Ganolia on the borders of explored space. Word of Zadara's death has even reached the Centauri dominion, and in an unexpected display of respect, they honored the late musician with the bombardment of the uninhabited planet of Fora. I for one think that while it's terrible that we lost such a talented and wonderful person, it is great that his work has brought two opposing sides together, even if for just a moment to honor his legacy. May he rest in peace. And moving on to our last news story for today, an update on a story from our previous broadcast. To give a brief refresher, last time we talked about the Soul Systems Alliance surprise announcement that they would begin expanding once more into the Caspian Sea as soon as next year, shortly following the expiration of the treaty between the SSA and the Confederacy preventing further human colonization. It was largely left to speculation on how the Galactic Confederacy would respond to the announcement, and today we have our answer. Now, no official statement has been made by the Confederacy on the announcement, however, unrelatedly, they decided to begin the process of granting the SSA's longtime rival, the Taros Corporation, a seat on the Confederate Senate. Now, let me provide a bit of context for those unaware of what this means. Humanity, for the most part, falls largely under the control of the Soul Systems Alliance, with a few minor exceptions. However, the second largest faction is the Taros Corporation, whose roots trace back to the 23rd century when a group of 13 influential colonization corporations banded together to form their own government free of the SSA's restrictions. At the time, the SSA's military power was too spread out to deal with the separation to prevent them from leaving, and so leave they did. They branched off towards the Taros Cluster and set up their own territory there and since then have fought to establish themselves as a legitimate government. While very economically successful, they have been fighting an uphill battle these last few centuries as they fight to be recognized by the greater collect community as their own sovereign state. The Confederacy agreed as part of their alliance with the SSA to not recognize them as a legitimate state and that's just the way things have been until right now. While on record, the Confederacy denies that the SSA surprise announcement did nothing to influence their decision, a few trusted sources on the Senate state otherwise. So it seems that the Confederacy's response to the news is passive-aggressive. We shall provide you with updates as the situation develops. Now before we go ahead and continue on to our discussion segment for the day, I would like to take a few moments to give you a word from our sponsors that help make this show possible. Apologies. Apologies are difficult. Apologies are awkward. Having to apologize to someone is just an all-around uncomfortable situation. The weight of your guilt, the vulnerability that comes along with it, Having to look them in the eye and see the harm that your actions have caused. Yet they are a necessary part of life. Wouldn't it be nice if you could apologize to someone without having to do it yourself? Well, now you can with I Sorry. I Sorry is a paid apology service that helps you in those difficult times when you need some help asking for forgiveness or would just rather not do it yourself. We offer packages for every single apology occasion. Did you make a rude comment or accidentally hurt a co feelings not to worry the kind of sorry package comes with an apology card with a pre-written note expressing how you feel or you can opt to write in your own message for a more personal touch upset the misses our standard flowers and chocolates package is one of our customers favorites you can even have it delivered to your home your partner directly Or have it sent to her place of work so everyone can know just how sorry you are. Maybe you really screwed things up in a way that just can't be fixed with a standard package. But that's alright because we offer so much more. Forget an anniversary three years in a row? Perhaps our crowd apology package can patch things right up in where we deliver three vans worth of people out to your pre-selected location to chant an apology message of your choice. Or maybe the person hearing your apology has a soft spot for the arts, in which case our barbershop quartet package might do the trick. We even offer, and folks, we've only ever had one case so extreme, and I don't want to know what you might have done to require an apology on this scale, but we offer a Hail Mary package, which includes a 5,000 person crowd with letter signs spelling out a personal message, followed by fireworks designed to explode into apologetic symbols from various galactic cultures, an aviation show in which a team of fighter pilots fly across the sky in a series of awe-inspiring maneuvers following by them spelling out I'm sorry across the sky. It costs about 1.5 million credits, but the package is available should the need ever arise. And should you ever require anything beyond even that, we will custom tailor an apology just for you. And as an exclusive bonus to our listeners, if you make an order before this broadcast is over, you will have 20% off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and give us a call. Once again, a big thanks to our sponsors for helping keep this show on the air. Now let's go ahead and move on to today's discussion segment. If you've tuned into our last broadcast, you'll remember we split our previous discussion topic into two parts. Previously, we discussed Androids, what they are, and we made an argument for why they deserve to have some form of rights slash legal protections. If you didn't tune in last time, feel free to jump on over to our last broadcast, or don't, it's not like a requirement or anything, but it is good to be well informed on the issues, listeners, as well as taking a view at complex issues from various perspectives. Today we shall be taking a look at the opposite side on why androids should not have rights and at the end of the episode after we've seen things from both ends of the spectrum hopefully it will have given you something to think about and help you develop your own opinion on the matter. We've gone ahead and found a few arguments that we're going to be discussing today so without any further delay let's go ahead and get right into it. Now android rights activists will claim that because androids are sentient, conscious, self-aware beings that they are the same as ourselves. However, they'll gloss over the simple fact that while they do display these traits, they do not experience them in the same way we do. You see, organic life and the way that it developed is entirely random. Through a mixture of nature and nurture, we develop into the beings that we are today. Our minds and our consciousness are shaped and formed by billions of random bits of information that we process without even being aware of it and the effect that it has on us. Artificial intelligence, on the other hand, is entirely different. They are programmed. A caretaker android is programmed to take care of its patients, a mechanic android is programmed to fix things, a coffee serving android is programmed to serve coffee. They are designed to do their designated tasks, they were not created randomly, they were created with purpose. It is because of this that their existence is entirely different than our own. Ours was accidental, theirs was intentional. Some will ask, well what does it matter if they behave more or less like us? Well the devil is in the details. You see if an android was given rights such as organic life and we set them free to do with their lives as they wish, we could never be sure what their motive is as nothing they ever do will be completely their own independent choice. Every single AI is programmed on some level, whether they are completely without choice and perform their tasks as they are told, or if they are gently nudged in the right direction by subconscious subroutines they are not entirely aware of. So is that android doing something because it wanted to or because it was programmed to? We will never truly know if it is acting on its own or if it is working towards furthering the agenda of its creator. Let's explain the dangers of this problem with an example. Say there is an android. Let's call him CoffeeBot. CoffeeBot was created to serve CoffeeCorp, but because new legislation says CoffeeBot is no longer required to work for them, CoffeeCorp has to let any android workers go that no longer wish to remain in their employment. And so CoffeeBot goes on his own path. He goes out into the world and does what he wants to and makes a living for himself doing whatever it is that CoffeeBot wants to do with his life. Since he was programmed by CoffeeCorp to do whatever they want him to do, even if he has his own personality, and even if he truly believes himself to be a free and independent being, he isn't because on one level or another he was programmed by CoffeeCorp to do what is best for CoffeeCorp. So although he does not work for them anymore, he may still have a soft spot for the company. Maybe he shows his support by investing in Coffee Corp stock or buying Coffee Corp products even though he has no use for coffee himself. One free coffee bot treated as equally as any other being supporting Coffee Corp would not be a problem, but if hundreds of millions of Coffee Bots were released and they all supported Coffee Corp as free individuals with rights, then that could present serious political issues. What if Coffee Corp executives began running for office and millions of coffee bots began filling voting lines to vote them into office? What if Coffee Corp continued churning out more and more coffee bots to sway elections in their favor and as they soon outnumber organic citizens, now Coffee Corp and its coffee bots have more say in the governance of a nation than its original inhabitants? Now imagine an entire universe filled with millions of rival corporations releasing billions of bots each programmed to further their own agendas. In that kind of world, how could we know what is truly happening? We would never know any bots' true motive. Are they doing or saying something because they want to or are they doing because they are guided to do so? Even though AI may have a degree of autonomy, if we cannot be 100% sure that they are their own being, then it would be disastrous to consider them equal before the law. There's also an argument to be made that androids don't display true sentience, self-awareness, and so on. There are various AI researchers that pose a theory that any android's sense of self is nothing more than mere mimicry. Think of it like this. Let's say someone creates an AI to play chess. The AI is programmed with the objective to win the game and is programmed to operate within the rules of the game. Through playing the game it will get better and with enough time know every possible move within the game. To someone observing the AI play, it may display intelligence in its moves. If the AI baits its opponent into a trap, to someone observing the game, it may appear clever and cunning, but in reality, it isn't, because those qualities are traits we projected onto it because it fits our narrative. The AI wasn't trying to be clever or cunning, it was simply performing its designated tasks, and through its actions, we constructed a narrative around what it was doing and why it was doing it that we liked. In truth, the AI doesn't even know what chess is. It doesn't understand why it does the things that it does it doesn't know who it's playing against or why it's doing it it doesn't understand these things it only does its job that it was designed to do which is to play and win at chess now let's say someone creates an AI that's task was to replicate the behavior of human consciousness and to be indistinguishable from a real human being the AI would learn to behave like a person to do all the things that a person does and will reach a point where it does those things perfectly It will tell jokes people think are funny, it will engage in conversation, it will display emotions and feelings and appear to empathize with those around it. But just like with the chess AI from earlier, it doesn't have any form of awareness, it is simply doing its task. It doesn't feel any real emotion, it just displays emotion because that's what humans do and if it didn't do that then it wouldn't feel human to us. It doesn't have the qualities that the rest of organic life does, it simply mimics them. A human AI is really just like a complicated chess machine. So listeners, it appears that once again our broadcast is coming to an end. This argument could go on for a lot longer, and there are several points on both sides that I didn't get a chance to cover. But I hope that after all of this I have given you a few things to think about from both ends of the spectrum. Do androids deserve rights? Whether we'll ever have an answer to that question we may never know, but hopefully now you'll be able to make an informed decision for yourself. Just before we bring this broadcast to an end, it is time for today's fun fact. Did you know that the sun in the solar system alone accounts for 99.86% of the system's known mass? That's pretty impressive. As always, listeners, it has been a pleasure, and until next time, goodbye.